Computer says yes. I'm on Jack Jump on Mountain Dew. Computer says no. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. You're listening to the Social Media Club EDU Podcast. Well, it's time for another Social Media Club EDU Podcast. I'm Billy Strutter. I'm with Social Coop Media. I do social media and stuff, and I'm joined by Dave is or David. Do oh, either way, it right. depends. It depends how many how much oxygen is in the room. That's right. All right, very short. So it's going to be Dave Murray, who is a social media manager for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan, who is also thankfully our corporate sponsor for 2014. So thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. And I'm going to say hello to Joanna, who is the social media manager for B4B Connect. Oh, Hi. I, that's right. I always do that to you, don't I? <laughs> Right, so today we're doing some catch-up. We were going to do YouTube for Business a long time ago, and mm. we didn't do that. And mm-hmm. Dave stepped in to give his talk, and he just talked about the importance of video and like best practices, which was awesome. Thank you. One tries. Well, I mean, you should. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I just want to talk about, you know, you were talking about how video should be part of your content bubble strategy. Can you give us a little bit of um, insight in, into that? Sure. Well, you know, video is hot, right? Everyone wants a video, and it's easy to do now these days. So it's easy to think about video as its own separate strategy, and I would suggest that you should focus on your content versus just specifically a video strategy. Because as you develop your content, story ideas will present themselves that say, hey, you know what? I think instead of a blog, this would make a great video series, or even, as we're doing now, a podcast series, or maybe even a series of tweets. So, yeah, you know, at Blue Cross, we don't have a video strategy per se. We obviously think about what we're going to do, but it all stems from our content, and from that, we'd identify where video should play. That's really interesting. You know, there was something that you said today that that I loved. It was... Um, asking the question, how can we communicate with people versus mm-hmm. talking to people? You know, and how you see um, marketers making the mistake or, or complaining about how they're not getting the reach that they used to and that people aren't seeing their messaging. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the dangers of the social web is to see it as a marketing platform. I would argue that you cannot market through social media. What you can do is earn the privilege or right to market to people if you, as you mentioned, communicate with them. And that's different than marketing, in my opinion. Communicating with people really allows you to step into the shoes of your customer and not try to be one of them, but, you know, be a person, be a human, don't be a logo. Regardless of how large your organization or company is, I think it's possible to do that on any level. And as you communicate with people, you earn trust, right? And the social web is nothing more than a giant referral engine. That's really what it is. So as you're building trust, you're able to be seen not as a company but as someone, and I think that's important. Cool. Right. You said this, is a, this isn't a marketing skill. This is about communicating, right? Right. So that obviously is good. <laughs> 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 so obviously... <laughs> 
<laughs> that's going to make people a little disappointed. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, we try to be professional. <laughs> right, you know. But, uh, you, you know. Should, you should hit that button every time I say Snapchat. Snapchat. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> Do you guys use Snapchat? No. Oh, okay. What would we use it for? Oh, my God. Well, that's, that, By the way, your premium went up. <laughs> Snapchat. <laughs> Snapchat. It's even more from social media here. Your premium just went up. Yeah, I feel like we just I feel like I should say something smart. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, but YouTube, second largest search engine behind Google. Mm-hmm. And um, there were three pillars that you talked about. And I think I was tweeting in the middle of you talking about the three pillars, so I, I missed. Uh, let's see. Well, um, if we're looking at overall social media strategy pillars, then it falls under the no like, and trust factor. And that people do business with people that they know, like, and trust. And that you know, surprisingly, is social media agnostic. That was around long before social media even became a word. So, again, going back to the the earlier question of communicating with people, if you are aiming to build those three pillars with your social media strategies, you will be successful. And, you know, really all about the trust factor again, right? People do business with who they know, and it's not necessarily just knowing where your Facebook is or knowing where your bulletin board is or knowing where in the newspaper your ad is going to be. It's about knowing this company. You know what? Yes, I know this company sells product X, but I also know that they sponsored an activity that my daughter went to or they actually raised money for a local park, and so our neighborhood now has a place where our kids can play or they champion this nonprofit that is similar to their brand, but it has really no market uh, value to them, but because they're passionate about a certain subject. So I get to know them, and in that, you begin to like people that you know, be it a business or an individual, and that builds the trust. And I think small business owners, in my opinion, have the path of least resistance when it comes to these three pillars because they are amiable and flexible to do so. A larger organization may have to go through some pain process to be able to identify those three pillars and make sure those pillars are represented across the organization, not just social media. So, You know, you talk about being a larger organization, having those challenges. Some of the things that we see with, with our clients is a resistance to creating video um, especially from upper management. Mm-hmm. So um, how do you get around those challenges and, and how do you present it to them in such a way that they that it makes sense for them? Yeah, I think um, going back to these individual channels, it's good to not talk about, we want to do video, going back to, hey, this is what our overall strategy is going to be. You know, the first thing we're going to do, a uh, person who pays me and gives me my paycheck, is we're actually going to listen and we're going to listen to our industry. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to come to you with the information that we've discovered. This is what our competitors are doing. This is what similar brands are doing. This is what they're not doing, more importantly. And here's some opportunities. And what I'd like to do is put a strategy together based on this information. And the strategy will encompass continuing listening, community development. We'll identify a goal. Um, we'll identify a content strategy. And that's language that leadership understands. Strategy, business goals, objectives, KPI, Mm -hmm. um, potential ROI versus, hey, we need to be on uh, Snapchat or whatever. That's language they don't understand. They know of it, but 
that's not in their uh, DNA, so to speak. Language, right? Right. So if you approach it from that, then it becomes less about we want to do video. It's about we've identified this is the content that will work. And through this content, we think a video series around this will work. So that's one way um, to address that challenge. We at Blue Cross are incredibly, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan are incredibly lucky to have leadership that allows us to develop something um, and trusts us that we are paying attention to what we feel is going to be the best for the organization and continue to provide uh, data and talking points as to why we're doing something. So, Yeah, that's um, I love that. It, in, especially at the end, you were talking about cost per acquisition, mm-hmm. which is something that, uh, that I talk about every once in a while. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's speaking their language. Right. So could you delve into that a little bit more about the whole cost per acquisition and the value of... Yeah, you know, a lot of the... We'll get, not we, but um, as a professional in this space, I get challenged a lot of what what am I going to get out of return? You know, it's, uh, and I don't get offended when I get asked that question because it's, you know, for those who don't understand the space, it's a valid concern. What we have to remember is that ROI is a financial term and not everything we do in social can be tied to a dollar. And quite honestly, not everything we do in PR, advertising, traditional marketing can be tied to a dollar. Uh, like I mentioned in the presentation, sometimes I counter, can you tell me the financial return on the three bulletin boards that I observed when I came to this meeting? <laughs> 99.9%, it's, well, no, I can't. But in, 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 in order to be able to begin to identify data bridges from your social media to the ROI component of an organization, said organization needs to at least have or identified the value of three things. Uh, what it costs us to obtain a new customer, what it costs us to retain that customer, and what is the cost of losing a customer to our organization. And if a company can identify those three things, I then can begin to identify what we call estimated value of anyone who's on our social channel. It is my theory that anyone on a brand's social channel is either going to be a current customer or a potential customer. So if we go back to those three values, if we know the value of a potential customer and a current customer, I can plug those into and find the difference between those two numbers or two ways you could do it is the difference or the lowest denominator to the highest denominator of those said values and then go back to leadership and say, okay, the estimated value window of anyone on our social channels is 500 to to $1,000. Now you have that data set that you can just plug into, start plugging into any of their marketing initiatives and identify data bridges. Yeah, sorry, mine's blown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, to be honest, it's a new theory that I actually came up um, as I was driving to a meeting, actually, and I don't know if it's solid, and I threw it up against my team, and I threw it up uh, against some fellow social media professionals and our agency we work with, and I said, poke holes in this. Because I think that's what is lacking in this profession is the collaboration of social, social media. I don't know if that's true or not. That what I just described is foolproof. But, but it makes sense. It makes sense, yeah. but I'd li- I would love for someone to be able to say, gotcha, but did you think about this? This is what I'm yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Whatever. 
Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I came up with the theory. Na, 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 yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. And jo- Joanna, I, I always do this to you. I just throw things at you out of the blue. Uh, but B for B does video. Yeah. And um, you, Dave had talked about um, passion points. And some of the stories that you guys have done are about passion points in, in telling the story. Can you talk a little bit about how you guys use video? Sure. So, we don't use video often, and that's why this talk by Dave was great, because maybe I can do that better. Um, But really, we were trying to use video as a way to tell the same stories that we tell in a blog post in a different way, and testing that to see whether our audience cared. Um, They didn't, necessarily. So maybe we have to do something different with those videos. And um, I liked how Dave mentioned during his presentation that he creates a video, well, his team creates a video, and then they incorporate that into a blog post as part of that story um, rather than making it the story. And so um, I appreciated that point, and I think that's something that we'll implement in our video plans. Cool. Right, yeah, it's it, because it's, again, back to what Dave said, it's about becoming a resource, being helpful, providing value. And is there a place or time where you can just do a fun video, um, not necessarily because you're trying to go viral, um, because, you know, obviously you hear that in meetings. Yeah. Listen, I have this idea. Can you make it go viral? You sigh. I hate when people say, can it go viral? <laughs> it sounds like, you know, some, like, apocalyptic. Exactly. How do we make this go viral? So can we no make one... this an epidemic? Right. <laughs> that should be it. How do we make this video an epidemic? I don't know. <laughs> um, but I'm going to hashtag, I love potholes. No, yeah. what was it that you... <laughs> was that... <laughs> yeah. Former yeah. client, love the potholes. Yeah, random hashtags. So you said, mentioned something about how you don't, necessarily like the pre-roll video that they do on YouTube and um, in that you generally you'll promote a video versus doing that that pre-roll 15-30 seconds yeah is that something that you tested out or is it just a a personal preference to be honest personal preference I just don't want to see it I certainly don't in any video that I've watched I don't think there's been any pre-roll ad or positioned ad that is either related to any of my personal interests mm-hmm. or even the video that I want to look at. So, even Captain America, maybe. Yeah, even Captain America. Oh, yeah. that's a shame. I know. So it's a personal preference. I mean, if we get to a point where we can start doing that effectively and by effectively again, you know, going back to social ad spend, healthcare reform isn't the sexiest topic in the world, but we did do a promoted Facebook post. Um, that wasn't just the Facebook post, but linked to a blog. And it was relevant, it was timely, it helped people. And not only did we see an increase of traffic, not only to our Facebook page, but also to the blog itself, and more importantly, maintained a level of blog traffic that started with that promoted post. And again, going back to what do you tell leadership with ROI and KPI? Again, you can go to leadership and say, I'm making this number up. For $300, we increased blog traffic by 16%, and that 8% of that 16% is staying on our blog. 
So you, you then go back to that estimated value. For three hundred dollars, right. we now have times fifty, maybe you know, right. fifty more estimated value times five to a thousand dollars. Yeah, so, that totally makes sense. Right. So there were four things that you talked about too: uh, passion points, uh, emotional core subjects, and then subjects related to your core. Mm-hmm. Um, could you do you mind expanding on that a little bit? Yeah, the content bubble. Actually, if anyone listening here wants to deep dive into that. Just Google my name, David Murray, and Content Bubble, and I believe a presentation pops up that I gave out a couple of years ago. They just Google your name. I think so. Wow. Yeah, I think it's more about the Content Bubble than my name. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, don't want to know about David Murray. What's this Content Bubble thing all about? But yeah, I mean, those those are just really, it's not revolutionary in my opinion, but it, it does help identify subjects, which then helps create strategy versus what do we talk about it's hard content is hard man no one no one takes it do you remember writing the 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 term papers we had to do in high school and right did they ever like oh boy i get to write a paper right content's the same way it has that mentality you need to blog and then when you're Uh, doing it over and over what do i blog about right yeah it is hard. It becomes exhausting, yes. Right, and it comes across that way. If you approach it like, oh, mm-hmm. i got to do a blog, it will come across that way. Yeah. So. so how do you, at, at B4B Connect, how do you determine what sort of content you're going to, to write about or, or create? Well, I, B4B is part of the Detroit Regional Chamber, so um, a lot of our work is accessing the people that maybe the chamber doesn't talk to on a daily basis, So we try to look at ways to connect with small businesses. So I try to think of stories and talk with other small businesses about what they want to know about. Um, So I try to relate those stories to businesses that are within our network. And I talk about ways that those businesses have found success um, that can relate to all small businesses, just not that specific story. You know, there was a gentleman that asked a question today, you know, in being a small business owner myself, you know, thinking about how he, he said, well, I work seven days a week, I don't have time to do this, and blah, 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 you know, I'm, I'm just busy. Um, you know, when you guys are a big company, you have a team that can do this, where do you find time? I mean, all of you guys can, you know, both of you can jump in on this, but... Where do you find the time to, to create when you're a small business owner? What sort of advice would you give to them? You have to prioritize, I guess. Um, and social media is not going away. So you have to make it a priority and you have to realize that it's a communication tool with your audience. And if you find your audience, whether it's small or large, going back to the value of a customer, um, you will see that social media is indispensable. And it's not something you just can't do. It has to become part of what you do. I think that's a great point. Make it part of what you do versus a separate initiative. I think that's that's really key. And, you know, with the B2B audience, the argument that I've heard and seen is, well, my customer audience is finite versus a large organization. Why do I need to do social? Well, you don't necessarily need to do social, but... You just told me your customer base is finite. Wouldn't you want to do everything and anything you can to maintain that customer? Yeah, good point. And you, well, and then you also talked about SEO. Mm-hmm. You know, anything that you're doing on on social, whether it's writing the the blog posts from the video, 
is going to make sure that that finite amount of customers, well, maybe you don't have five of them. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so if you can pick up five more, why not take advantage of that? Yeah. And it gives you an opportunity to talk to those finite customers. Yeah. What, what happened to the art of talking with your customers, right? Well, the relationship maintenance of, oh, thank you for your product. I'm just going to send you some, you know, a welcome and thank you letter. What if, especially in the VD, VD audience, if you have a finite audience, you're so much more accessible to that customer base. Hey, everyone, we're going to host a webinar or a seminar at our building facility. One, to say thank you for being our customers. And two, to kind of talk and help with some of the questions that we've been receiving through, you know, email and you know, whatever happened to that? I mean, there's so much possibility. It's not even social. It's just, like I said, like we talked about before, it's communication. Right. It's just a shift in, in how people do things, and they don't necessarily have that need between all the different ways that we can communicate. Well, why should I go on a sales call when I can just shoot off an email? Or right. if you don't answer my email, I'll shoot you a text. But I don't actually have to talk to you. Right. Or see you face-to-face. Um, but... That could be because goldfish have longer attention spans. <laughs> True. Right? We are not goldfish. No. We do not have eight seconds to spare. Right. So, seriously, where did you find that statistic? Uh, I Googled it. Right. So, on the internet, humans have an, an attention span of two and a half seconds. Yep. Goldfish. Eight. Eight. Impressive. Pretty impressive. So, that's kind of... <laughs> anyhow. Uh, so... <laughs> So I digress. But seriously, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Um, Your presentation will be available online. Of course, they can just Google you, which is sweet. (laughs) And all all the things will come up. Yeah, I know. Google me, and actually they'll find a jazz um, musician called David Murray. No joke. Really? Yeah, I think he plays saxophone or something. There's a lot of David Murrays. That's There's sa- Dave Murray from, like, Megadeth or something uh, like that. Well, that's sexy. Yeah, so right on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> awful. Cool. Well, Thanks for having listen, me. All right, guys, it. and Joanna, thank you for your insights as well. Um, thank and you then, for having me. So we meet, like, a lot. Twice a month, they have Social Media Club EDU events at B4B Connect, which is at the Detroit Regional Chamber on the 19th floor. Is that the second Wednesday? Yes. Yes, it's the first. second Wednesday. First. Anyhow, you can go to our social media club there we go. Facebook page. Oh, yeah. This is how so precise. It, yeah, it always digresses <laughs> to something awful like yes. this. But um, we'll see you guys next time. Computer says yes. Computer says no. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.